back to a brand new episode of Virtual Coffee. My name is Alexa Collier, and on this podcast, I interview and chat with accomplished and innovative small business owners and early career professionals. Now with me today is Maura McCarthy. She is the founder of 12 Paws Ice Cream. They sell unique and premium ice cream flavors for humans in the Raleigh, North Carolina area. Currently, their ice cream is available for local pickup, and Mora hand makes different flavors. All of her flavors sound absolutely delicious, and I can't wait to try some this month for my birthday. Before we get into her journey, I'd love if you could rate and review Virtual Coffee on the Apple Podcasts app. It really helps us out, and you can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. It's at Virtual Coffee Podcast. Thank you so much for your support. Happy New Year and happy listening. Now let's dive into Mora's story. Welcome, Mora. Thank you so much for chatting with me today. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to our conversation and I would really love to hear your business, 12 Paws Ice Cream's mission in your own words and kind of walk us through the journey of how you started this business. Sure. So 12 Paws, we create unique, I say we, it's just me, (laughs) uh, unique handmade premium ice cream flavors that rotate on a weekly basis. So Like on a larger scale, more metaphorically, the mission is to create little pockets of joy for people because it's obviously a very difficult time and everyone loves ice cream. Um, The idea did come out of the quarantine for me. I had these big plans for a 30th birthday celebration in April and I wanted to make it up to myself when I had to cancel everything. So I got myself a small ice cream machine, like the kind with the freezer bowl and a Jenny's blended ice cream cookbook and just kind of started trying out recipes. I I got it for myself because I love ice cream so much that I wanted to try making all these recipes that cost about $10 a pint in the grocery store so I could save myself some money. Um, What ultimately ended up happening is that I I wanted to tweak all the recipes in the book a little bit so it was more my style. And eventually I just started learning more about ice cream science and testing things out and friends started asking if they could try the ice cream and so I started making custom creations for all my friends pretty much anything they wanted I ended up with a huge stock of random ingredients in my house (laughs) and just kind of started that way but eventually people that I didn't know started asking for the ice cream which kind of freaked me out a little bit (laughs) at the time and so I eventually Uh, This was around, I think, June, maybe, oh, it was early July. I created a fundraiser for the Marsha P. uh, Johnson Foundation that was um, in part to put the ice cream to good use and to see if strangers actually like the ice cream without actually selling it to them because I wasn't legit to sell it yet. And I ended up making about 80 pints of ice cream, which is way more than I had ever anticipated making because in the past I was making one quart at a time and that tiny little machine and I went from having the freezer bowl machine to quickly getting a machine with a compressor built in. And then by August, I'd had a, a bigger commercial unit and was looking for a commercial space. Um, so after that fundraiser had happened, I realized like maybe this could be a real thing. And I started the motions of making it a real business. Named it 12 Paws because I have a dog and two cats and it just seemed right. Although 
people do sometimes think that it's ice cream for dogs. <laughs> so I made sure to put ice cream for humans in the tagline. It's definitely not for dogs. <laughs> that's awesome. I, I was going to ask you where the name came from. That that makes a lot of sense. That's really cute. And are you still out of your house or like, are you still looking for that commercial space or did you obtain it? No, I've obtained it. So in the nice. state of North Carolina, it's actually not legal to make ice cream out of your house. Oh, wow. That's kind of one of the challenges because you've got to know that you've got the demand to be able to make overhead if you're going to be in a commercial kitchen space. So that was a big jump for me. And the fundraiser was a way for me to kind of test the waters to make sure that this was actually a thing that could happen because it could be a big mistake. You know, if nobody wants your ice cream, then mm -hmm. you're suddenly you've got, you know, rent to pay. But it ended up working out. But yes, you do have to find a commercial kitchen space. That was kind of a challenge for me. It did take me a couple of months to find one that worked for me. But once I did, then I was in business by late August. Wow, that's very cool. Congratulations. That's huge getting a space like that. And, and like you said, having enough demand to justify that. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Do you ship your ice cream or is it all local orders? Because obviously it, it melts. <laughs> right. So ice cream can be shipped, but it felt okay. like kind of a volatile time to try it because it is so expensive and you need to be able to eat the cost if the ice cream melts. Um, so I don't ship it. I do offer local delivery within a 10 mile radius of the kitchen that I'm at, which is near downtown Raleigh. Nice. But otherwise, most people pick it up at a local pickup. Um, and I have a couple of those. I also offer a local cafe in downtown Raleigh, Cheney, as a pickup location mm -hmm. as well for people who need something more flexible. I love that local feel. It's almost nice to keep it local to the Raleigh area because you can, I'm sure, get close to your customers. And it's just that hometown feel, you know, of a business of people know you and Twelve Paws and they go to you for their favorite ice cream flavor. I don't know. I, I think it puts a unique feeling on it. Yeah, it also feels special that this is the only place you can get it. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's And you're clearly supporting, you know, a business in your hometown, in the area you live. It just, it's a good feeling all around. Yeah. <laughs> now, can you describe some of the products you sell? I know I'm sure you have many, many flavors, but just give the audience a flavor <laughs> of, <laughs> no pun intended, <laughs> of what some of your unique offerings are. Sure. I'll give you an example of some of the flavors and then tell you why it's unique. Um, obviously, like some of the flavors are pretty crazy. I think around the state fair time, I made a flavor that was donut flavored. It was Krispy Kreme donut flavored oh with cheer wine, marshmallow fluff. Wow. And donut croutons. Wow. So like they're salty and sweet <laughs> and crunchy. Um, that's just one example. The first week that I was in business, I also did a sour watermelon candy tahine. Some of them are pretty like out there and I'm always surprised the ones that I end up liking the most are the ones that I would never in a million years actually buy myself. They're unique mostly because, for one, you can't find that flavor anywhere. I made it up. <laughs> and sometimes I don't, I don't make the ideas up myself. I get a lot of ideas from customers and friends. Um, some of the best ones have come from customers. But I make it with low overrun, which basically means that there's not a lot of air pumped into the base. So um, you can compare it to what you would get at the grocery store. That's more of like a whipped product. Um, but when you get it from a local place, depending on the place you go, it is a lot less air and a lot more ice cream, which was what makes it more expensive. It does make it more dense and more of like a chewy experience than what you might be like expecting. Uh, I also hand make all my own base, which can make a big difference in terms of flavor, because a lot of 
In North Carolina, in order to do wholesale dairy, uh, wholesale ice cream, you do need to use pre-made mix just because oh, of wow. pasteurization. Yeah. So if I were to do wholesale, I would eventually start using mix for some things, but it does make a big difference when you make it yourself because you can customize the recipe for that flavor. It is very time intensive though. Mm-hmm. That's one thing that's, it does take hours to make the base. And because I make it with about 18% butter fat, which is about as high as it usually goes before it just starts to feel like butter. Wow. Um, so it's very rich, it's homemade, and then there's not a lot of air pumped into the base. That sounds delicious. That definitely sounds like a good experience. Yeah. Um, were you always, I, I think you may have mentioned, but did you always just have this love for ice cream? And clearly now you know so much about it. Did you have to learn all of that along the way? I used to always bake um, okay. for fun growing up. It was a big passion of mine. I did culinary arts classes in high school, and I almost went on that track. Instead of going through um, undergrad, I was thinking about going to culinary school, but ultimately I chose a four-year college. I had never made ice cream before April. Uh, that's wow. just when I kind of learned how to do it. Um, in terms of baking the mix-ins I've had experience with all of that stuff and there's definitely trial and error still where I learned the hard way but that is not how you do it mm-hmm. um but yeah it has been it's been a learning process for the ice cream side of things but I would say in terms of like putting flavors together I have a lot of experience in eating ice cream because I am definitely one of those people that needs to have ice cream almost every single day. <laughs> Even if it's freezing cold outside, you've got to have ice cream. Yep. And there's a separate stomach for it <laughs> after dinner. Yeah, that's that's where I get my ice cream expertise is mostly just from eating it. I can totally relate to that. I call it my dessert stomach and it is right, much exactly. larger than my other food stomach. Yeah. <laughs> it uh, lives that's in awful. a separate place. Exactly. It really does. It truly, truly does. So 12 Paws isn't your full-time job, right? You have another job. Is that mm-hmm. correct? That's right. Yeah. I work full-time at a local university in wow. um, international education. Oh, nice. That is awesome. And how has that been, you know, balancing launching and running a small business, which is a ton of work. And then also your (laughs) other job, which I'm sure you're passionate about. And it's also a lot of time. Yeah, it is a lot of time. It does help that I'm working remotely right now for my full-time job, which allows me like the physical energy that I need to be on my feet in the kitchen. I think that would be a challenge if I was in person again. And, but my office is really supportive. They actually have bought ice cream. Almost everyone in the office has has tried some ice cream. I have a pretty flexible schedule when I need to, um, and that helps a lot, but it is still challenging, you know, physically challenging having all those hours put in, you know, I don't always have time for everything that I normally would. And so finding ways to make it work with my partner as well. He's been helping a lot with things around the house that typically I would do to kind of help me make sense of this, sometimes a 70, 80 hour week. That's wild. And Mm-hmm. Are you hoping to eventually go full-time with 12 Paws or right now, you know, you're, you know, balancing it um, and, and want to stay on that path? Cause you know, I'm sure your full-time job, you're, like I said, also very passionate about that. Yeah. It's kind of like a, I'm not really sure at this point, mm-hmm. but I do find the work for 12 Paws really fulfilling. And this is something that I'd always kind of thought about doing since I was very young. And so I'd like to, Eventually, like if I can find feel like it's a safe move, dedicate more time to 12 Paws and expand on that. Sure. But, you know, it'll it'll all depend on, you know, what things look like in the next year or so. 
Definitely. Yeah. I think, I think you have the right mindset of recognizing like that time might come where you have to make that decision, but you know, for now, right. It's working both jobs and fulfilling your, your passions that way. But who knows in the future, you might have to make that decision and and you'll be ready when that comes. Right. Hopefully. Yeah. (laughs) I have faith. You will. (laughs) Awesome. What advice would you have for those either who have their, their own small business currently, or are just thinking about it, you know, maybe you've never made the leap. What advice comes to mind? You know, perhaps some of the advice you were given or challenges you've overcome that have led to, you know, advice you could give to others. I think my biggest piece of advice, I'm like a pretty introverted person and I I'm anxious. And so I would not have seen myself as an entrepreneur. The first step is seeing yourself as one, because that's a big thing. And you, you can do quite a lot when you see yourself that way. You see yourself as a business owner. Um, my mom started a business in college. She said she created a cleaning business. Um, wow. And I, without really ever having much experience in that before, and I was like, how in the world is she going to make that work? But she did, and she's very successful. And so she's helped me to see myself as an entrepreneur um, in a way that I, even in like March, would not have seen myself. So that's like a big first step. And the second step would be to find a mentor. I found one in Preeti Was. She is the the manager. Uh, She runs Chini and also Sugar and Spice Kitchen. I met with her and my friend Sam from Bites of Sam. We, Mm -hmm. We knew each other before we got started and both kind of knew that we wanted to make this a real thing. And so she makes her cookies and I make my ice cream. Sometimes we combine the two. We had no idea what we were doing. And so trying to find all the information is kind of overwhelming. You send an email to officials like in a governing organization for food business and you get a bunch of PDFs with like very technical jargon. It's hard to figure out what you're actually supposed to do or get a specific answer to a question. And so we met with Preeti and she kind of gave us a checklist of everything that we need to do. And it was so helpful because it's really hard to find that information online. It's hard to find somebody that's willing to just tell you like, yeah, here's what you have to do. um, And here's what you should do. And here's what you shouldn't do. And so finding a mentor is so important and just being willing, like just if you see someone that's doing something kind of similar to you, just ask to say, hi, they're more than likely willing to share information with you and just kind of give you like a point in the right direction. I wasn't sure what to do um, when I was looking for the commercial kitchen, but when I found Mm -hmm. a place, Allison Vic of the Little Blue Macaron, she's in the same kitchen as me. She she told me like literally down to what kind of buckets to bring with me (laughs) and a broom, just like nothing is quite as overwhelming when you are willing to reach out to people because they're so happy to share with you and they're so happy to like give you pointers and make you feel more welcome. And so just be willing to to say hi to people, make mm-hmm. connections, because they're going to be your biggest source of support when you're actually in it. And especially in the Raleigh area, I found the small business community is just amazing. I'm sure in, in many other you know cities around the country, of course, but I'm just familiar with Raleigh and all those businesses you're naming. You know, I've heard of them. I follow them on Instagram. And it's just because once you find one person, they're like, oh, talk to this person or they're so nice. They're so helpful. I, it really is super, super strong here. And have you felt that in this area? Oh, definitely. I have people reaching out all the time. People that like, 
like like I said before, in March, I wouldn't have seen myself as a business owner mm-hmm. or even making ice cream, period. People I followed, I never would have even thought to like reach out to them that now we're collaborating on flavors and yeah. they're really like just awesome people to ask questions to sometimes. And I think it's incredibly supportive and even the companies that I wouldn't even expect to be part of this like really tight knit community, they're in it. Yeah, it really is incredible. And do you often partner with other small businesses to create flavors? I think you just, did you just partner with Raleigh Cheesy on a flavor? Yeah, I did. Yeah, okay. I saw that. Courtney, she curated the flavor I did. Um, That's so cool. It was with that fromage pave cheese that she's gotten the entire, not even just Raleigh area, obsessed (laughs) with. There are people in New York tagging her in pictures of that cheese. (laughs) And I get it. It's amazing cheese. I'm not even like much of a cheese person, but I think mm-hmm. that might be changing now because <laughs> of her. I'm That's like, awesome. Maybe I should buy a bunch of cheese. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, she curated the flavor. Um, Actually, for all of my, the flavors that I did for the holiday pre-sale were all collaborations. So I worked with Larry's oh, Coffee and um, Little Lou Macaron and Sugar and Spice. They did a, a sugar plum fairy flavor with me. I had a coffee and Oreo one with Larry's. I had um, Bestow Baked Goods. I've collaborated with them a couple of times. They did some cookies for my chocolate peppermint. And then, of course, the Raleigh Cheesy one. And I think I also did a babka flavor. And I went to... Oh, wow. It wasn't exactly a collaboration as much as, like, I just went and bought some babka. But the Mm -hmm. Jewish for Good in Durham makes amazing babka. Yeah, I try as much as I can because for one, it helps me with prep because and I, that's one thing I don't have to prep myself. And I like yeah. to leave it to the experts um, who are already really good at making what they make um, because it's that much better in the ice cream when it's actually something that's very well put together. Mm-hmm. There are some things that need to be like specific to ice cream, that some mix-ins that need to be made a particular way so that they have a good texture once they're frozen. But for a lot of things, like a lot of baked goods, I like to go to the source rather than trying to create an imitation myself. And that is a really smart business model too. Like just one partnering with other people is just such a cool idea to create flavors. And then of course, from the business side, like they tell their audience, right? Mm -hmm. And supporters of them are interested in it. That's a really neat idea than just, you know, solely creating new flavors on your own. I really yeah. like that. That's and cool. honestly, most of the time when I collaborate with them, they have ideas for the flavor, like what would go well with that mix-in. And it ends up being 10 times better than something that I would have thought of. Yeah, that's really cool. So what's the ordering process like for a customer? Like, do you always have flavors that you can order anytime or do you release them in batches when you collaborate with people? What's that process like? That's a good question. So the pre-sale was a bit unique and then I did open it up in advance. Um, and I gave myself two weeks to make all like almost 300 pints of ice cream. But, and typically what I do is I'll make um, a couple of flavors, sometimes three flavors, and I make everything during the week and then I'll try and finish everything up by Thursday evening. Okay. And then whatever I've made, I'll put into the shop on Friday. And usually I'll try to give people a, like a, a time because they like to set alarms because the ice cream sells out really fast. I can only make so much ice cream and because people are learning about it, as I've been able to create more ice cream, my audience has also grown. And so mm-hmm. it hasn't gotten any easier really to buy the ice cream. So people typically will set alarms and sometimes I'll do surprise drops. And so I ask people to sign up for my mailing list 
and I'll send an email out and I'll also post to Instagram when the, the store has been restocked. Typically I can make about 40 to 50 pints of each flavor. And so depending on how many flavors I make, it's anywhere between 80 and like a hundred pints of ice cream that are up for sale about once a week. And okay. I don't usually bring flavors back. Oh, wow. Um, people sometimes keep, they, if they keep asking me for it, I'll do it. <laughs> but there's just so many ideas that I want to try out. And it's yeah. totally not like, I don't have a firm rule that I don't want to bring flavors back, but it's just that there's so many options out there that I, I, I may get excited to work on the next one. And it also, I think, just makes it more special. Like you got it when it was available. It might not ever come back again. It feels like more of a steal. Yeah, that makes sense. And I feel like also you're in the ideation, like exploratory phase, right? Where you just mm -hmm. want to try all these bunch of flavors and maybe right. you'll find a handful that are consistent or really popular or something. Like who knows? Yeah, mm -hmm. that that makes sense. And I'll have to sign up for that mailing list. I didn't I didn't realize you had that. That's a I'm glad you you mentioned that. I was curious how you did it. I was like, how do you have ice cream just always available, especially when it's really just you making it, you know? Mm -hmm. So you don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I occasionally will have some flavors that don't sell out as fast. And so they'll stay in the shop until they're sold out. In the cases where I have brought flavors back, like I did a pumpkin cheesecake flavor for three weeks in a row. And by the third week, everyone that wanted it had gotten it. And so it took longer to sell out. So that's part of it, too, is like if it's people that are just kind of looking forward to the next flavor, it isn't always as smart to keep one flavor around for a long time until you have like a storefront or something more like that. But yeah. yeah, it is typically only available for like an hour uh, out of a week on like a Friday. Wow. That's yeah. crazy. People That's get awesome crazy. though. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to for their ice cream. <laughs> I can see why. That's incredible. Yeah, I'll definitely have to sign up for that mailing list and get on the next <laughs> the next release because <laughs> I, I want to try it. It just sounds so good. <laughs> Yeah, I've got no, lots of awesome. ideas for January, so there should be some yummy cool. flavors coming. Sweet. That's my birthday month. Maybe that'll be how Ooh. we celebrate is with some fancy ice cream. <laughs> there you go. That's awesome. So where are you hoping to take 12 Paws ice cream? You know, you have the commercial space. Do you have any, you know, big milestones you're hoping to achieve in 2021, like hiring new people or getting a storefront? Just curious where, where your head's at for the future. I think 2021 is going to be the year where I make the decision about full-time or not. And when things are full-time, I think that would be an expansion. I think having a more centralized pickup location would be a big thing because right now we're kind of spread out around the triangle, which I know does make it more accessible, but it is a lot of work to get the ice cream to different places. And it would also just be less confusing for people if the ice cream was just in one place. I would also love to see I have the ice cream make it easier to find, um, make it easier to order. Um, and that would mean being able to make more of it. Um, and I think that that would come as well with having more time to de dedicate to 12 Paws. And ultimately, I think just having more of name recognition in the community would be great. Having these collaborations does help quite a lot um, in getting the, the word out there. But if everyone knew about 12 Paws, no one would be able to order it. So it comes with like part of the game is making, making it so that I can actually make enough ice cream for everyone to be able to enjoy it. That would be great. Yeah, that is interesting. The want and desire to grow the business, of course, but also balancing that with being able to meet the demand. That is interesting. That's right. a that's a good point. I have to imagine myself like how many hours in the kitchen does that mean? <laughs> mm -hmm. right. right. And then also, is it worth your time? Right. Because at, at the end of the day, this is 
also your business and you know you're mm-hmm. you're relying on it as well so yeah that's that's a good yeah, point exactly. that is interesting you run your social medias and everything too right it really is just you right now right my partner does wash the dishes sometimes um, <laughs> and he does he helps with the deliveries um, okay he does run um one of the pickups for his gym okay. but uh other than that yeah it's just me so i run the social media sometimes it's pretty obvious um <laughs> I'm, I'm learning how to make it look more cohesive. You know, I've never had like a, a very uniform Instagram, but I'm working on making it look more put together. I'm trying to make the information easy to find because that's the hardest thing with, with it being kind of a unique model where it's like, you know, I drop the ice cream once a week and sometimes things are a little bit different each week. How to make that less confusing for customers has also been a big thing with social media and communicating on email and all that. Having a more focused approach on Instagram has helped a lot and not spending quite as much time on other like media, like Facebook Mm. or has quite as much time on email. That's a good tip. Yeah, because I was going to ask you how how do you balance making the ice cream and all the other parts of running a small business with also the social media? Because that's what I find even with the podcast is so hard because at sometimes I'm like, all I want to do is focus on the Instagram, but also my quote unquote like business isn't an Instagram, it's a podcast, right? So Mm -hmm. how to showcase the podcast episodes while also getting an audience, which Instagram helps with. I don't know, have you found, you know, that to be a challenge? Um, For me, I think it's usually a mistake for me to spend too much time on Instagram Mm -hmm. because it's one thing to make sure that the information is out there, but the biggest thing is people actually getting the ice cream and telling their friends about it. Yeah. Um, so when they tell their friends about it, that creates demand. I'm sometimes posting about an ice, ice cream flavor at like midnight. <laughs> um, so I'm definitely not posting at like the right times that are the best, like when everyone's on Instagram. But I found that as, if I can just get it out there, people will eventually see it when they need to see it. And when they're excited mm-hmm. about the ice cream, they're looking for the information. They're on there. They're like stalking the story to see what the flavors are looking like, to see if that's what they want. They're setting alarms based on when I tell them to set alarms and then they buy the ice cream. And I do worry about the Instagram sometimes, but I found that if I am selling the ice cream, that it's not something that needs to be a priority. Posting at the right times and making sure that everything looks really pretty and polished um, isn't quite as important as just making really good ice cream. I really like your mindset about that because I think, like I said, it's just so easy, at least from my experience, to get lost in the Instagram and, oh my gosh, I need to get a post out at noon because that's when most people are online. And while, you know, sometimes like, yes, that is important and is definitely a factor, but just trying not to get lost in the social media and focusing on the product you're selling or the service you're providing or for me, the episodes, right? So mm-hmm. I really like your mindset about that. I think that's very helpful. It's just, yeah, easy to get very stressed about the Instagram, but right. <laughs> when it's just one person doing it, you know, it's, you can only do so much. You have to pick what, mm-hmm. what your priorities are. No, that's yeah, helpful. and when it, when it becomes bigger, maybe that can be somebody else's job. Right. Somebody sure. who's really good at Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> I love Instagram. I'm just not, a, not an expert at making, like, you know, making it look good. I like your Instagram. I'm scrolling through it now because it's all the, the beautiful ice cream. I think there are great shots of it. I like it. Yeah, the ice cream is a good model, so that helps. Yeah, I think it's beautiful. Everyone should Thank go you. check out her <laughs> ice cream or, or her Instagram. <laughs> No, that's awesome. I appreciate it. My last big question that I always like to end my episodes with is in this moment, 
first thing that comes to mind, what is your proudest accomplishment? Now, of course, this can be related to 12 Paws Ice Cream or doesn't have to be at all. Just what's the first thing that comes to mind when I ask you your proudest accomplishment? I would have said that it was that fundraiser was a really big deal at the time. Actually being being able to make that much ice cream at once. Although I've since like surpassed that, obviously, making that much ice cream. But making that ice cream for a good cause and having that many people that were actually interested in it, it feels like the biggest accomplishment, honestly, anytime that someone tells me they like the ice cream. Mm-hmm. You might think that like at this point that I'm like, yeah, the ice cream's good. I get it. <laughs> but I'm not. I need the validation. I need to know that like that it matters because you know, this early in the business, it's not about profit so much as it's about like the mission of actually like making something that people enjoy, especially when I know how hard it is out there. So when people tell me that like they legitimately like the ice cream, then all of the hours that I put into it are really worth it. Well, I guess like maybe creating ice cream and creating this product and actually being really good at it most of the time. And when I'm not throwing out (laughs) this is my greatest accomplishment. I had somebody message me the other day and said that 12 Paws was one of the top three things that has happened to his family this year after expecting a baby and buying a new house. Wow. Yeah. And that made me emotional. Like that's yeah. the biggest thing is that it like it it's worth it's worth all of the work. That's a really well stated answer. And yeah, congratulations on on all the success you've had so far and just really, it seems the joy you bring people through ice cream. I I just think that's incredible. And also how you started this during, you know, this pandemic time. I I think that's incredible too. Like I love all the businesses that have been popping up and the podcasts Mm -hmm. and, you know, all, all the things. It's just such a great way to turn what overall is a, a, meh year into into something something positive you know so yeah just congratulations on everything thank you I appreciate it yeah it does mean a lot of course and um before we wrap things up here of course would love for you to shout out your Instagram website etc where can everyone find you and 12 paws ice cream sure so it's pretty easy it's just 12 paws ice cream um it is one and two like the numerical one and two um not spelled out 12 so just 12 paws ice cream.com or Instagram is at 12 Paws Ice Cream. Excellent. Come check us out. Yeah, I hope everyone checks out Mora and 12 Paws Ice Cream. And thank you so much for speaking with me today. I really enjoyed hearing your story and advice and, and perspectives on everything. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's been great.